Bibles, turn me to the second book of the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. I want to share with you a message on the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Lord. How many know that the anointing makes the difference in our lives? Uh, we have a great, and when I tell you this, a great small group ministry that you need to get connected in, folks. And uh, I, they want, you know, I should be according to the plan. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. How many know the Holy Spirit is very capable of planning? Okay? Uh, but so I should be preaching the first message of that five-week series, and then they follow it up in homes. But I just, praise God, somebody's getting a call to ministry. Amen. <laughs> call the Lord. Amen, it's even getting louder. How many ever had that was you when you were in the service and it happened to you? You're that guy, you're that gal, right? How embarrassing. Anyway, don't worry about it. Praise God. Just silence it from here on out, we'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, get in the group. Join one today, it'll bless you. And I just want to say this to you, like, you know, I'm supposed to preach the message that goes with that. But let me tell you something, I, would just, I am at a season in my life, folks, it's not that I don't care what you think, please don't understand, I'm not a maverick, but I'm more concerned what God thinks. And I, listen, everybody look this way, we just want to be led like this, by the Holy Spirit. And this is what God led me to, I taught on the Holy Spirit last week, I don't know if you were here, how many of you were here last week? I talked on one of the names of, this, of the Spirit is the Comforter. And I tell you, when we first got married, we had a Comforter. And uh, my, <laughs> some of you remember the story. We lived in a trailer, and we had nothing. I'm telling you, we didn't start out with a lot. But God was faithful, and, and uh, I was so happy to get that brand-new comforter. And I was thinking about it in a cold winter night, you know, just getting underneath that thing. And, oh, it's so nice, big, thick thing, you know. And we had saved for that sucker. And I went back there, and it, somebody stole our comforter. Women know what I mean. And one guy's like, really? They stole the comforter off the bed? My, I said, where'd the comforter go? She said, that's not for use, that's just for looks. And I said, and I said to you, come on, don't get me started on this. I said, I said to you that that's how the Holy Spirit is to some people. To some churches. You know, we put him, we, we don't, he, he's just for, he, you know, he's just for looks. He's up there in a stained glass window somewhere, but he's not here in the, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is for everyday usage. And he's to be used, and he wants to be used in your life. He wants to bless you, wants to help and strengthen and encourage and come alongside. Paracletos, amen. It means a, a guide. So anyway, bless you all. Uh, wasn't that a great, wasn't it great to have Brother Scott on the saxophone this morning? Oh, God, God bless you, Scott. What a blessing. He played that solo during communion. I'm I thought I was going to ascend to heaven right there. How about you, Amen. Praise God. Praise Him on the harp, right, and the brass. And, man, what a blessing. Uh, I like to start with something funny. And um, I was reading about uh, this old couple. They were married like 50-some years, and, and they were sitting there on the... <laughs> somebody already laughing. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It'll get better as it goes. <laughs> uh, you know, and they're sitting there on the, on the front porch in their rockers, and, you know, they're up in years, and, and you know, he's, he started feeling a little romantic. So he reached over, and, and uh, any hopeless romantics here? Oh, good, I'm not alone. It's me and you, Eli. That's it. Okay. So uh, anyway, he, re he reached over, and he held his, his wife's hand of 50 years. He goes, you know, honey, he goes, I guess they could say our relationship has been tried and true. And she's like, what? And she's like turned up her little hearing aid, you know, and you could hear the feedback like we have in the microphones up here, like, you know, you ever hear that little sound? Ooh, dial it in. And he said, I said, 
you've been tried and true. She's like, I can't hear you. And she's adjusting the thing. Finally, he kind of raised his voice. He's getting a little ticked off. Anybody ever get like that here besides me? Okay, all right, just, just checking. Just, there's real people sitting here. We have families. Uh, he says, I said you've been tried and true. And so she gets up, and, and he goes, where are you going? She said, well, I'm sick of you, too. She went, I know. <laughs> Praise God. All right, here we go. Exodus chapter 30 and verse, uh, let's look at 23. Let's look at the word together. Also, take for yourself. Now, let me just say this. This is the ingredients of how to make anointing oil in the Old Testament. Also, take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, that would be 250 shekels if, you have, if you're reading out of the New King James, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen, that's H-I-N, hen of olive oil. Let me tell you, that hen means six quarts, six quarts of oil. That's quite a bit, right? Uh, so, of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil. Everybody say anointing. And ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer, it shall be a holy anointing oil. Now, go ahead, skip down to verse 29. Specific instructions that God has on the anointing, the anointing oil. I want to talk to you about that in just a moment. Consecrate them to make them absolutely holy. Holy. Everybody say holy. After this, whatever touches them will also become holy. Look at verse 30. And you shall anoint Aaron. Aaron was the high priest. And who? His sons. Let me just stop right there and say, biblically, when a baby was born in the Old Testament to a family of a, of a priest, it was an assumption that they were going to carry on the legacy and the call of God. Can you say amen? It's actually a very biblical progression. In case you're wondering that, maybe you didn't know that. And so, uh, and consecrate them, who? Consecrate your sons, that they may minister to me as priests. That's the words of God. And you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying this, and we prayed for Israel today. This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations, plural. So for generations and generations to come, God wants his people to be anointed. Amen? Can you say amen? It shall not be poured on man's flesh nor shall you make any other like it. In other words, no substitution for the anointing. How many know there's no substitution for the anointing? How many of you understand, folks, there's a difference between singing songs and anointed worship? Oh, yes. There's a difference between just going to church and religion and the anointing of the Holy Spirit being on a meeting like this. Amen. And what we were sensing before, and I sense by and large right now, even as I'm speaking the word of God to you as an oracle of God, as God's servant today, is his anointing is in this room. How many want a fresh anointing on your life? God bless you. I do too. And said, and, and this, look at verse 33. Isn't this interesting? Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. So again, no substitutions. Years ago, there was a famous preacher by the name of Ray H. Hughes who preached a message called The Anointing Makes the Difference. That was my parents' generation. And by the way, it's good to see my mom here today. Just had a knee replacement. God bless you, Mom. Praise God. Amen. She's sitting in the back today. And, uh, and if she starts getting, uh, you know, if I start boring her to tears, she'll, she'll go home. Amen. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love you, Mom. 
She's doing much better. And so, uh, but Ray H. Hughes, my parents' generation, uh, he preached this famous sermon. He was known for it. You can look this up, called The Anointing That Makes a Difference. And I remember hearing it years ago. Now, I don't remember the points. I don't remember anything specifically about it other than it was a powerful, powerful, anointed, watch this, anointed sermon. How many of you want the anointing? A fresh touch from God. To anoint means to smear, completely saturate. You look it up in Webster's, you know, look it up on Wikipedia there on your phone, okay? Not now. The anoint, so I'm just going to, we're just going to use that title today. I don't remember the points. Anything. But the anointing is what makes the difference in the life of a believer. Can you say amen? And I want to tell you some things about the anointing today. I believe this will help you. And then we're going to pray for people today that want prayer. I would encourage you today to get prayer. Don't leave this place without getting prayer. And so the anointing makes a difference. And let me just say, it's not just for people, of, it's not just for ministry gifts and all that. There's all kinds of gifts. But it's also for people in business. How many of you want God's touch, his anointing on your business? How about where you work? On the job, amen? The, the anointing, the Bible said, breaks the yoke. It speaks of being effective in your life. And so, uh, 1 John 2, 20, it says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. That's 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. I think they have the scripture back there. It, it speaks of an unction is the old word. An unction. An unction would be to operate in the Holy Spirit. Old-timers understand, old preachers especially understand what I'm going to say. An unction means to operate by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Like I have notes, I have a book of notes, and I can read them to you word for word, but I just want to be led by God today. Because I know that when I'm led by God, you'll receive something that you could never receive by just a nice little message that'll make you happy for a couple minutes, and then you go back to the same way that you were when you came in. So I want to be led by God. And so that speaks of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of prophecy, you know, prophecy. What is prophesying? It's speaking of things of the future. Amen? And so the anointing makes the difference. And it says take a hen, H-I-N. That's six quarts of oil. Six quarts is a lot. So like when we lay hands on people here, we, you know, we put a little, you know, little dab. A little dab will do you, okay? Some of you got that on your hair this morning. I'm just kidding, you know. I said to my wife, she, she she had a milestone birthday this week. I won't tell you how old she was. She was 29, amen? Praise God. And, uh, and I said, welcome to the club. Some of you know what the club is. I said, now you can put oil in your hair like you're going to the 50s party, amen? Praise God. <laughs> I bless you, brother. I'll tell you, I appreciate you. And it's good to see you and your family being baptized in water, amen? Amen, praise God. We had a wedding this weekend. We were at the wedding. It was neat to see how God showed up, uh, you know, for you and for Laurie there. But the anointing is what makes the difference. The anointing is what makes the difference. The hen, so six quarts of oil were poured out on the priest. And where do I get that? Well, Psalm 133, some of you could quote it, but it's, it's, it shows a picture of the oil being poured out on Aaron, who was the high Levitical priest. It says how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. That's what the anointing does. It brings a unifying spirit. Can you say amen? It said his poor, oh, I feel his presence here now. It's, it says the anointing that's poured out on the head of Aaron. 
the high priest, and it starts at the head. How many know, folks, that if you're in a ministry, you better be in a ministry where the man of God is coming with a fresh anointing to minister to you? Can you say praise God? The anointing, six quarts of oil poured out upon his head, and it says it goes down his beard and onto his garments. That means that, like, I mean, he's just saturated in this stuff. He's just sloshing, you know. How many know that when he's walking uh, down the, back into the village, he's anointed, Brother Ed, with, with the power of God. It represents the Holy Spirit, the tangible presence of God. And he's walking through the village, and people are sitting there in their tents. They're like commoners, and they say, man, I smell that cinnamon. I smell that mirth. I, 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 he's leaving a trail of oil. He's got oily footprints. Can I say to somebody here today, we as people of God must have oily footprints where we walk and where we go out in that demonic world. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and give God a mighty hand of praise. We need the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. It's poured out. It's poured out. Six quarts is a lot of oil, I got to tell you. When Brother Ted was here a couple weeks ago, and I just love that guy. Oh my goodness. He's a prophet of God. And, and, and you know, he, got, he got out that almost like a quart bottle of uh, olive oil. And I'm going to tell you, the flesh in me, I mean, I, I'm, I'm up there on the worship team, and I see what he's going to get this car, and I was like, can I just, we just have a moment here. <laughs> Listen, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I just paid $2,000 to get this carpet clean. <laughs> some of you understand, some of you are like, what does that even mean? Anyway, I'll just go with it, okay. <laughs> Not one drop got on the floor, Amen. Praise God. Look at it. It looks great up here. Praise the Lord. Amen. And in the balcony, too. But the anointing makes a difference. How many of you want a fresh anointing in your life? Yeah. And listen, what happens is, folks, we get stale. Why do we need a fresh anointing? Because we get stale. And some of us are living on yesterday's anointing. We get, you know... We had an experience, an encounter with God. Thank God for the memory of God, but the Bible says that the plowman that looks back over his shoulder is not fit, fit to man the plow any longer. And so we get stale, and we start to operate under the machine of the church, little c church. It's just another Sunday. It's just another service. And, 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 and after some time, we get a little mature. We start thinking that we've got this thing all figured out, that we know what's going to happen. We're going to come in here. They're going to sing a couple upbeat songs, and maybe we'll go into a slow song. Uh, you know, they're going to throw up some video announcements on there. Uh, PT's going to preach a message. And, you know, he's gonna, and so we think we've got to figure it out. And what ends up happening is we start getting stale in our fervor and our anointing. Is anybody hearing what the Spirit is trying to say here today? We think we've got it all figured out. And, and may I dare to say that for some of us here this morning, we even think we're smarter than God. Let me ask you, how's that working for you? That'll lead you right to depression. That'll lead you to anxiety and worry and fear. I need the anointing, folks. Forget being a pastor, just, just to be a, a husband today. To be a legitimate husband, I need the, I need the anointing of God poured out in, in massive amounts on my life. You know, to be a father and now a grandfather. And I need the anointing of God to make Christ-honoring decisions in my life. Can you say amen? You need the anointing too. Every day, every day, every day, we should get out of bed and say, Lord, thank you for another day. Anoint me with fresh oil. Fresh oil, Lord. I want to leave oily footprints where I go. I mean, 
We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about whether I'm Catholic, Baptist, or, or Buddhist, or whatever you are. We're talking about are you living and breathing the things of God? It's a holy thing. People that walk close to God, when you're around them, you know it. How many, how many have ever been in a place and like, man, and somebody will find, you know, how many there's always one will cross line come up to you and say, man, there's something different about you. Right? That's the anointing. You have a peace that other people don't have. You, you, you have a, 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 a wisdom and a, 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 listen, an authority. It's what the anointing brings. I can, I can give you pages of notes, pages. I, I'm just scratching the surface. I'm reading uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's book on the anointing. It's one he gave me, signed when he was here. We need the anointing, folks. The Assemblies of God are just one of the Pentecostal movements. I talked about it last week. But listen, we were born in the fire. God help us if we start getting program and, and, and strategy and systems start to be the, the, the driving force behind the movement. Then we're no longer a movement. We become a denomination. And we become just like everybody else, dead, dry as last year's bird's nest. And people come to church, they come to a mass service, they come to some kind of thing, and they check that little box of, yeah, I went to church today. Let me tell you, you're operating in yesterday's anointing. When is the last time, sir, that you cried hot tears in the presence of the Lord? When is the last time, ma'am, that you were overwhelmed by the glory and the presence, the tangible presence of the Lord? I want to tell you, there's times in your life that you get to a place, if you're really honest with yourself, that you'll lift your hands and you'll just begin to weep and say, God, I just want to thank you. If it wasn't for you, I would have lost my mind a long time ago. If it wasn't for you, Lord, my marriage wouldn't even be intact today. We, we would have wound up in divorce court. If it wasn't for you, Lord, my kids wouldn't even be serving God today. If it wasn't for you, God, I wouldn't have five grandbabies to hold and to hug and to kiss and to love and to, and to model Jesus for. It's, it's because of the anointing that makes the difference. You know, we get, and, you know, there's so many examples of this. You know. The Bible said, listen, the Bible said that Moses was so anointed that when he met with God, that his face shined so bright with the anointing and the glory of God, he had to come down from the mountain and put a veil over his face so people couldn't even look at him. That's somebody who's been with the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that when Stephen... The great martyr, the first martyr of the faith. And now you can read about this in Acts chapter 6 and verse 10. The Bible said that he was preaching as they were throwing stones. And at, in his death, listen, they could not resist the words that were coming out of his mouth because of the anointing. The Bible said that Jesus, who typically Jesus would be sitting down. Jesus is sitting down at God the Father. People say, oh, Jesus is here. No, he's with the Father. He's like a billion miles from here. We have the Holy Spirit now. We're the temple. And I hear people sometimes say, man, I wish I, I just wish I could have been around where Jesus, I wish I could have walked where he, well, you can go with this in February, you'll see where he walked, okay? But you know what would have happened if you were around back then? You would have had to wait in line. You would have been like, if you wanted to find Jesus back then, you know, if you got over to, you know, the, the Holy Lands, right, Hannah? I mean, they, just, it'd be easy to find. There'd be like a million people around him. And you were hoping to get a glimpse. Every time you open that book, you get to experience him. You get to experience his teachings. But we have the Holy Spirit now. Look at your neighbor and say, I have the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have the presence of the Lord. The Bible said that Stephen was so anointed. Watch this, folks. That Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of God the Father, that when Stephen started to preach, as they were hurling stones at him, they were killing his body, but they couldn't resist the anointing that was coming from his being. In his dying breath, the Bible said that Jesus stood up. 
and watch Stephen. That's what the anointing will do. 1 Samuel chapter 16, you don't have to turn there now, but one of my favorite stories about the anointing was Samuel the prophet. It opens up the chapter and it says that, that God spoke to Samuel and he said, Stop mourning over Saul. Stop mourning over him. Saul had lost the anointing. How many know you can lose the anointing? Because Saul was trying to, let me say this to you, Saul was trying to function in an office that he was never called to function in. What is the anointing? I had, I had uh, you know, Nathan asked me last week, we were, I was going from a, a first birthday party for Lorelai, my granddaughter, to a wedding up in the, in the country, and, and I was like literally like almost running through the office. I, I, I had my time figured out to the minute, and he said, and he's like the quietest guy in the world. How many of you know Nate? He's just quiet. You know? He's like a good third base coach. You don't know they're here unless there's a problem. How many of you understand what I'm saying back there at the soundboard? But he said to me, what's the anointing? Can I ask you one question? I said, yeah, what? He goes, what's the anointing? In one sentence, watch this. It's God's authorization to operate in one of the five-fold ministry offices. If you're not anointed for something, please don't try to do it. What's the five-fold calling? Do you know? Apostle. It's an apostolic anointing. Prophet. Brother Ted's a prophet of God. You don't go around. Most prophets, if they're a prophet, they don't tell people they're a prophet. It just comes out, right? Amen? Prophet. I've seen prophetic things come to pass like this when I was around the mess. Crazy stuff. Actually, it's normal. The world is crazy. Apostle. Five-fold. Watch. Anointing, God's authorization, his kiss on your life, his authority that he's granted you. The Bible says that promotion doesn't come from mere mortal men. It comes from the Lord himself. Apostle, authorized by God himself. That's why it says, touch not mine anointed, nor hinder my prophets no harm. Folks, come on. Apostle, prophet, pastor. You're not a pastor by choice. You're a pastor by God's choice. Evangelist. Amen? They evangelize. What do they do? They win souls. Thank God. And then you have teacher, right? They teach. They're, they're gifted at teaching. That's their, that's their wheelhouse gift, man. That's what they do. So we need them all. So it's God's authorization, the anointing, to function in a certain area. David, God speaks to Samuel. Samuel is a prophet. And he says, stop mourning for Saul. Go anoint the next king over Israel. Go to Jesse's house with a horn of oil. Watch this, six quarts of oil. And he goes there, and the Bible said, and I don't have time to read it, but you, you can read this this week, and I'm just summarizing. He sees Eliab. Who's Eliab? It's Jesse. Jesse has all these sons. They're tall. They're dark. They're handsome. They look like Clark Kent, okay? Praise God. Somebody told me I was handsome this weekend. I said, I received that in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise God. Everything gets better under the anointing, including our good looks. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise God. So, listen. The Bible said when Samuel saw Eliab, the oldest son of Jesse, that he, in the flesh, watch, in the flesh, it's going to take us back to Exodus in just a minute, in the flesh, he said, that must be him. He's all presidential looking. He's, he's, all, he's all that. God said, do not anoint him with oil to be a king. That's why it says in Exodus, we just read it, don't anoint the flesh. Are you still with me? Listen, 
Paul said later on to the church at Galatia, Galatians 6, listen, are you so foolish that you started out in the spirit and now you're trying to operate in the flesh? Started in the spirit. Now you're operating in the flesh. How many know you can lose the anointing? Another example, how about Samson? The Bible said he was so powerful. He was the most powerful man that ever lived. He was jacked. He had supernatural strength, but his strength was in his hair because he fulfilled a Nazarite vow, which means of walking holy before God, living clean. How many know we're called to live clean? Do what's right. Speak what's right. Amen? And the Bible said he gave the temptation. And when Delilah cut his hair, watch this, he got up and the Spirit of God had departed from him and he didn't even know it. You can lose the anointing. And there are people even functioning, say, what do I do when a pastor is in a church? And I've had people come in with this question, actually. A pastor's in a church, he's God's authority, and he's not under the anointing anymore. Listen, always honor him. Not just, I'm not saying me. Forget, I'm say, listen, all fivefold. Honor, 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 honor. Always honor. If you need a reference for that, David honored Saul when he cut the tassel off his garment in the cave. He could have sliced his head off. He was already anointed as king, but it wasn't his time yet. So Samuel, the prophet, comes to the house. He sees Eliab, tall, dark, and handsome, Jesse's oldest son, and God says, nope, not him. Can you imagine being there? What do you mean it's not me? I am going to be the king. You know, they wanted the power. Usually, let me say this to you about the anointing. People who are anointed usually aren't striving for power or position. Next guy comes by. Nope. It's not him either. He's got six quarts of oil and a ram's horn about to pour over the head of the next king. Next guy comes by, brother. Not him, not him, not him. Finally, you know this. The Bible says that Samuel said to Jesse, the father of all these boys, isn't there anybody else? And, like, I'm just envisioning that Jesse probably had to scratch his head. Well, no, not really. How would you like to bend his youngest son? And then he says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I do have, he don't have any more boys. Yeah, I actually have one, but you're not going to want him. You know, he's, uh, he's got red hair, freckles. He likes to play the harp and dance around. He's not exactly, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. And you know the story. Come on. How many know the prophet says, yeah, bring him. I want to see him. And what's David doing? Watch this. This will help you. What's David doing? He's up in the backfield. And he's, he wrote this 23rd Psalm. We don't have the music, right, guys? But we have the words. And he could have been right in the middle of that. We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us that. But it could have been, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hey, David, get down here. <laughs> Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. David, I say get down here. Oh, yes, Dad. Is there a problem? Hurry up! The prophet of, prophet of God is here. What was David doing? Watch this. Worshiping. Let me tell you how God brings an anointing for you. When you worship when no one else is watching. Who you are in the dark is who you really are. When's the last time at home you just lifted your hands and said, Give me the anointing, Lord. Also, David was faithful with the small things. 
taking care of sheep. How many know sheep bite? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and they run out on you. Yeah, go get them back at home. But he comes down there. And watch what, <laughs> watch what Samuel says. In the balcony, Samuel the prophet said, Thou art the man. That's your king right there. To the outrage of his father. What? I mean, know sometimes when people, when others see, there was a song years ago came out, when others see a shepherd boy, God sees a king. Amen? And so there's a couple things I just want to give you today before we pray. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Oh, man. Psalm 92.10, I've been anointed with fresh oil. Paul said, we read it before at the communion table, I received from the Lord the anointing, that which I also delivered unto you. How many know you can't give something you don't have? Amen? And so the Bible said about David that man looks on the outward appearance. How many know man looks on the outward appearance? That's why we dress nice, right? But God looks where? Can I just tell you my, a little bit of my own testimony? I knew from the time I was a little kid that God had a call on my life. It was without question. And God will let you run. How many know he'll let you run? Prodigal son, Luke 15. But how many know you can run but you can't hide? And what will happen to you, I'm, I feel like I'm speaking to someone here today. I wasn't even going to say this. What will happen to you, maybe you're watching the broadcast or something like that. What will happen to you, sir, is God will he'll make you miserable. And all the stuff, the cars and the money and the house and the, the bank account, investments, and I don't care what else you got going, you, it'll be like a, it'll be like a, like a, like a taste of vinegar in your mouth. You'll want to spit it out. And what happens is, watch this, humility will bring the anointing. How many of you want a fresh anointing? The Bible said, he who humbles himself, will be exalted. Amen? But he who says, oh, listen to me, I've got, I, I've got gifts, I, I'm anointed, I, I, I can do this and that. And God passes you right by. He looks for a person who's already doing something with what's in their hand, like David. Amen? I, I'm having more people come to me. Jonathan Shuttlesworth is a dear friend of mine. I mean, I love Jonathan. I mean, I know he's a little wild. It was his birthday this week. I texted him, he texted me. I said, Jonathan, happy birthday. I love you. He goes, he said, thank you, Pastor. It's, I'm so easy to love. I said, well, I sent a little thinking emoji. <laughs> just keeping it real. Well, I got more people that come to us, right, don't they? And they'll say, I want to be just like Jonathan. And it's like, okay, do you realize, and I love Jonathan, and I know he's not always on spot. He's human, okay? Do you realize, folks, that Tiff, his father, had memorized, by the, by the time he was age 18, he had memorized 3,000 scriptures in the King James Bible alone? And Tiff said to me himself, he said, my son could run rings around me with the Bible. Rings. That's just in one version. And a lot of times when people say it, I appreciate their heart, but listen, what does what your devotional life look like? Are you a praying person? We're assuming you're a praying person. Are you praying? Are you spending time in the anointing of God? What books are you reading? What courses are you taking? What credentials are you pursuing? I don't need any credentials. I'm credentials of God. Well... Come see us in 10 years. Maybe you'll be more humble. Can you say amen? When I was 14, they asked me to be the janitor of our old church. The janitor? I was a terrible janitor. 
but I was glad to do it. You know why? Because you don't do it for people, you do it for God. And in due season, God will raise you up. Amen? So, I'm here to tell you today, humility brings the anointing. The anointing comes from God. It's God's authorization if you're taking uh, notes today. The anointing, secondly, comes from humility. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud. Somebody comes, oh, listen to me, I can preach better. I, I can build a church twice as big as they can. Uh. Let me tell you something. I've dealt with people just like that. They've walked out on us. You know something? They're not even, not even living for God today. Can I just be honest with you? Is this okay? I'm just preaching to your spirit now because your spirit being your spirit. They're not even serving the Lord. I, I want to say to you, whose covering are you under? See, old line Pentecost, like we know this, but I'm finding that it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like speaking in tongues. People they don't even know what that means, a covering. A covering is you're under a, a man of God's authority that God has granted. He would not abuse that, but, he's, but you're under somebody, sir. Ma'am, please hear me, young people. You're accountable to somebody. And I want to say, be careful whose uh, trailer you hitch your wagon to. Because no man can rise above his doctrine. I'm talking to somebody here. You know, I find people, they got this, they're going here, they're doing this, and yet their doctrine is not even, it doesn't even line up with the word. And there's so many weird, stuff, weird things out there today that people are signing up for. You don't even read the doctrine. You know, I don't brag that we're assemblies of God. I'm not saying you have to be assemblies of God. I'm Honestly, I'm not. You know my heart. You know what I love about the assemblies of God? You have to preach sound doctrine. If you don't, you're not going to have credentials. Is this okay? Come on. I mean, you, sound doctrine. No man can rise above his doctrine, folks. And so the anointing makes a difference. It, it speaks of humility. When, God, when a person humbles himself, God will lift him up. Amen? You realize it's not you, it's God. He's just looking for willing vessels. The anointing is unstoppable, and no man can remove it. So I want to say to somebody here today, you've got to lose the fear of man and what man thinks about you. You've got to get freed up from worrying so much what people think about you all the time. You'll never do anything for God of significance if you're worried about what everybody thinks. Well, I'm so afraid they're going to say this. They're going to think I'm a weird. Let me tell you something. They already think you're weird anyway. It's okay. You know, we're a peculiar people. Amen? Praise God. Just go for what God has put in your heart. Number four. Put up the fourth one real quick. The anointing brings exposure. David was in the, you know, this, David was in sheep hills. David was in the back farm, tended sheep, not even in the running, not considered as the king of Israel, right? And yet, the anointing will bring a person from the bottom to the top. Have you noticed where this church is placed strategically on this hill? I take no credit for this. This is God's work. Hear my heart. This isn't in the backwoods somewhere where people couldn't find it. There's 25,000 cars a day that pass this 2,000 feet of highway frontage on this major highway with 25 acres and lots of room to grow and expand even more than what we have. And how many know the vision will probably take a lifetime to accomplish? And then we have this little place up the road called God's Mountain. And, and can I just say to you folks that in the spring of next year, we are going to be launching out in something brand new. I want, to, I want to unveil it now, but we just don't have the time. You wait and see what God's going to do. It's going to rock your world. Amen? Because God's work is always moving. Put the next point. I know, i got to get done. The anointing comes upon the pure in heart. Amen? Put the next point up there. The anointing comes upon the unlikely. Right? Remember Gideon? Okay? The unlikely people. It's not who's well-connected, you know. 
My father, you ask my father, he came out of a, a family of heathen. They weren't saved. You know, they were, you know, doing all what people do that don't know Jesus back then. But look what God has done. My father got saved when he was 15 years old in a storefront, a little Pentecostal work. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost 20 minutes later. And you know what my uncle said to him? The next day he's driving a Model A Ford up here in Long Island when Long Island used to be farms. It was a long time ago. And they call him Dutch to this day. And they said, Dutch, what happened to you? Dad's sitting back here today. He'd say, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then he got called off in the ministry. And then he got called off in the ministry, and he met my lovely mom. And you know what? Then they had four kids, and they came to Peckville in 1965. I'm the youngest of four. And now we're all in the ministry. And guess what? Our kids are all in the ministry. From one moment in the presence of the Lord. God chooses the unlikely things. The Bible says he chooses the foolish things to confound the wise. Next point, number seven. I'm almost done. The anointing comes on those who serve. Jesus, the Bible said in Acts 10, 38, went about doing good to all and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. Jesus was called the anointed one. Amen? If you don't know anything about the anointing at all, understand that to be like Jesus is all we ask. And if you want to be like Jesus, you, you need to desire a greater anointing than you already possess. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. I close with this story, and I know we've got we to gotta finish. And we have a missions offering. But just how many of you give me another couple minutes and we're done here? You guys getting this? Is this helping? Teaching on the anointing. I say words like the anointing, people don't even know what we're talking about today. What was once common ain't so common. Common knowledge ain't so common. That's what Ben Franklin said, right? The Holy Spirit, the touch of God. Amen? I was reading about uh, this week, great man of God, Pastor uh, Raymond Culpepper down in um, Birmingham, Alabama, has a great church down there. Listen, folks, this is several years ago. Everybody look this way. Don't mind the entertainment, please. Just play soft. And uh, his daughter, his 14-year-old daughter, said, Dad, I want to go out at night. I want to go with my friend. She's 16. She just got her license. Dad, I want to go out. And he really didn't want to let her go. It was kind of late at night. It was summertime. And he, and he said, where are you going? He said, well, we're just going down a couple, uh, you know, a couple blocks down the road. We're just going to get something to eat. I promise we'll come right back, Dad. And she was a really good kid, preacher's kid. And so he let her go with her friend. And they got in that car, and they started driving down the road. They got onto a dark road, and the, something happened to the car. The car broke down. And they're sitting there. This is before cell phones. And so they couldn't, um, they couldn't call home. They couldn't call their parents. Can you imagine two teenage girls, 14 and age 16? And all of a sudden, folks, a car comes up to them, and this big old guy gets out of the car, and he rips them out of the car and forces these two little girls in his car, and he speeds off. And he's like full of devils. And he's, he's angry. He's saying vulgarities. And they're terrified. And the pastor's daughter, Pastor Culpepper's daughter, is sitting in the back seat. Her friends ride shotgun in the front, and they're, they're crying. They're all upset. And she happens to look over and notice, listen, there's ropes on the floor, a big old knife, and duct tape. And this guy is taking them to do Lord only knows what with them. And she said, Dad, I started praying. And I said, say, God, give me the anointing. Father, give me a fresh anointing. And she starts speaking in tongues under her breath. And then it starts getting louder and louder. And the guy's driving the car. And he says, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? 
What is she doing? And she just keeps praying to the Holy Ghost. How many know that the Bible says in Jude chapter 1 and verse 20, it builds us up in the innermost faith when we pray in the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't want to be connected to a ministry that didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially today where we're living. So she's praying and praying in the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, you need to stop that. It's getting on my nerves. It's aggravating me. And all of a sudden, her friend starts praying in the Holy Ghost, too, a 16-year-old. She's praying. Finally, the guy says, this is getting on my nerves. He pulls over. He says, get out of my car. Praise God. Amen. The anointing makes a difference. Let me tell you the last point. The anointing sets people free. It sets people free. Would you stand with me today?